0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, thank you for your giving this morning. We appreciate it. You know, uh, tomorrow is martin luther king day amen you know most of us know that great speech he gave he said i have a dream well you know we still got a ways to go in this country for that dream to come to pass but i'm so glad that the love of god in our hearts and dr king knew this the love of god in our hearts that's what makes the difference doesn't it that's the only thing that can tear down all any, The racism, the bigotry, all of that junk, that's all from the fall. It's all from the fall. And no matter what the color of your skin, if you don't have Jesus, you're susceptible to that. Amen? But thank God for the love of God and the love of Jesus. But thank God for what Dr. King stood for, for what he did. Because of that, we've made great progress. But let's continue to pray and believe for this nation to be everything that God made it to be. You know, it's amazing, you know, the Bible talks about the body of Christ. He said, the body of Christ, he said, though we're 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 many members, what, each one fits just perfectly to to supplement and help and strengthen the other one. And you know something unique about this nation is we've got people from every place on the planet. Every place. All the strengths of the of the the tribes, and nations, the races that God created, all in one place. Man. If anything, we ought to be we ought to be, be stronger, hadn't we? Well, all we ought to do is what, recognize who's trying to divide us and just stand up and say, no, not going to go there. Amen. So tomorrow, uh, maybe, maybe you're off tomorrow if you, if you have a holiday, but, uh, you know, give thanks in this nation for where we have come for, and pray uh, that uh, what God has begun here, it will move forward. Amen. Amen. Well, we're talking about... Pressing forward in January. Pressing forward in 2020. We've talked about it from different things, you know, and and there in Hebrews, we'll we'll go back and read that scripture just as a place to hook on in case maybe you haven't been here, but... In Hebrews, it talks about this. It says in 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and trips us up, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We're talking about pressing forward, and we've already talked about the, some of the weights and the sins that can so easily, the writer here says, so easily can beset us. And, and it can get on us while we're running in a race. And, you know, we talked about that the race we're in, the comparison he made was to the Olympics in Paul's day. And it was a long-distance race. And that's the race you and I are in. The Christian walk compared to a race is not a sprint. It is a long-distance race. That's why we have to have perseverance. That's why we have to have endurance. And there are times, uh, you know, we shared that in the natural, when people who tell you that uh, are practicing and, and running, uh, especially like a marathon, something that's a really wrong, long race, that there are times when they, they do something called hitting the wall. It feels like, you know, they just can't go on. They can't, the, their strength is gone, the, the, their breath is gone. But if they just press on just a little bit more, that many times something very amazing happens with the physiology in our body. That is, all of a sudden, you know, endorphins are released, some other things are released in our body, and runners call it getting their second wind. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, energy is released, and and they catch their breath, and they know they're ready, they can finish the race. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about putting off some weights and, and even sins that can get on us as we're running this race. None of us are immune to it. And uh, anyway, and today we're going to be talking about, you know, preparing for more. Once we put off those things, and let me just say this, if, if, you, if, you're, if you miss uh, one of our uh, messages during a series, you can go on our website again, uh, the podcasts are there, they're free, you can listen to them there, you can, you can download them, you can listen to them, and you can kind of catch up. But we're going to talk about preparing for more. How many of you want God to, to do more in your life in 2020? To use you and to work through you more, to touch other people. You know, down here in this receptacle, we've got, we've got our uh, oikos, our extended family, our extended circle of influence in names down here where we're praying and we're believing that in 2020 that God's going to use us. He's going to send other people by their path too, to bring household salvation. Amen? I'm telling you what, if all the people that were down here, if they get saved this year and we bring them in, we have to go to two services. Wouldn't that be great? Amen? Absolutely. I won't mind preaching twice when we see people coming to God. Amen? But we're we're talking about pressing for more. Listen today, preparing for more. Listen to this in Hosea 10-12. God says, sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground. Break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. Now God's encouraging us to do something here, to plow out the fields of our heart that have become hard and crusty. Now, this unplowed ground could be referred to, I think the King James says, fallow ground. But it's ground that's just been uh, it may have been plowed, but it's just been left to sit there. And, and af- in a process of time, as it's sitting there, you know, it just gets kind of, the top layer just gets kind of hard and crusty. You know, if you were to try to just cast some seed out there and plant it on it, it'd be hard for the seed to take root, can't penetrate. Even when the rain comes, that ru- the, the, the soil can get so hard that it, most of it runs off. And so, God is speaking... To Israel here, but I believe that it can apply to us here at Passion Church in in our time, in our generation. God's saying, let's look and see if there's some unplowed soil. There's some soil that's been let go to get crusty, to get hard. Can you remember when you first got saved? Hallelujah. Some of us, we have to remember way back. But you remember, I mean, man, you know, your heart was so tender to God. Man, I mean, you were so hungry for God, just so in love with God. I mean, man, it was it was God, 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 Jesus, Jesus. I mean, you know, people looked at you and said, "There's one of those fanatics." Boy, wasn't that a great compliment? Well, do people still saying that about you? See, we may have to unplow. Good. <laughs> well, good. But you know, sometimes, you know, it's just life. We get busy. We're, we're raising kids. We're making a living. We're paying the bills. We're, we're dealing with stuff. Yeah. Isn't that right? Life happens. And it's easy sometimes for maybe some, Not I'm not saying every area, but some areas to, that, that once we're producing, they become, you know, some fallow ground and we, we need to plow them up again. You know, rather than... That being a place you know where his word can take e- root easily, it's become kind of hard and dry. And God gives us uh, a, a way uh, to replow this ground back up. And He said, He said, seek me, seek me. Unplowed ground, fallow ground. Uns- it also means unseated ground. It was once plowed, but it's left unseated and now has grown hard. You know, sometimes we get hurt in life. We get wounded. Amen? Sometimes in church. That's no revelation if you've been in church long, is it? So sometimes, you know, where we got hurt was in church. Maybe we felt betrayed. Maybe we felt like, you know, maybe we put a a pastor or we put somebody up, you know, on a pedestal. In a place where they shouldn't. And then we found out that they were just like us. (laughs) Flesh and blood. Imperfect humans. Amen. And we were, but we got hurt. We got wounded. Maybe we got discouraged. Maybe, maybe you were praying and believing for something. Maybe it hadn't happened yet. Whatever it might be, you know that can cause us. Sometimes we get wounded. We get hurt. We can draw back. And you know, you know, if you've ever if you've ever cut yourself or something or got a scrape on there, you know, during the healing process, there's something that comes on there called a scab, isn't it? And it's not anything like. It doesn't look like your skin. It doesn't feel like your skin, does it? And, you know, when we get hurt and wounded inside, in our, in our emotions and all, and in, in our life, it can be that way. It's, it's gotten crusty. It's gotten hard. And, you know, when we start, instead of, you know, running real quickly to God and having that joy and... And you know, and being quick to believe, we're we're a little hesitant now. We're a little, we're a little, you know, we're gonna watch out and watch and see and 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 see how this is gonna play out and see how everything's gonna work out. But God doesn't want that from us. He says, plow up that ground, he said, and see. He said, if you will plow it up, he says he's gonna come and he's gonna send his rain on you. Now, rain in the scriptures uh primarily stands for the outpouring of God's Spirit. And you know, even though we have the Spirit of God, if you're a believer, you have the Spirit of God. Because the Scripture says, if you have not the Spirit of God, you don't belong to God. So if you're, you're a born-again believer, you have the Spirit of God. But God can rain on us many times and rain on our lives. And He can restore and renew certain areas of our life that, that the hurts and wounds of life have dealt to us. And, you know, God wants us to live. He wants us to live big in Him. He wants us to live free in Him. He doesn't want us full of fear and care and, and you know, suspicion. You know, who's going to hurt me next? And, you know, I'm not going to open up myself too much anymore because I did that pastor. And boy, did I, boy, I got it all right. But God says, if you will just plow up your field, if you will just open your heart. Again, He said, I'm going to come with the rain. And He said, I'm going to bring rain on it. Hallelujah. I want the rain, don't you? So how do we do this? I believe the primary way that we plow up this ground is in prayer. It's in prayer. Turn over, if you have your Bible there, I'm going to read it anyway, but to Jeremiah chapter 4. Listen to what God speaks here through the prophet Jeremiah. This is what the Lord God says to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Now, he's talking to them particularly, but it can apply to us in this this age that we're living in. He says, break up your unplowed ground and do not sow among thorns. See, here's the thing. No farmer... Uh, if he had some land that he had just let lie there and it had gotten fallow, he wouldn't just go out there and take his very best seed and just begin to plant, plant seed on that unplowed ground. Hello, he wouldn't do that. You know, if you ever seen a field that's just kind of let, you know, it's just let. They call it letting it rest. Let it. It's 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 fallow ground. It's not being uh, planted and cultivated at the moment. If you ever notice it, you look at it. You know, it's not just. Nice and clean out there. There's weeds growing in it. I'm telling you, if you didn't believe in the curse, you'd have to believe in it just looking at the weeds. Man, I, I'd pay somebody money to come and treat my yard, and I'm out there working in it. And I'm, man, sweating everything, trying to get some grass to grow and look good. And those doggone weeds, excuse me for cussing, but those doggone weeds, they will grow. I mean, last year, remember how dry it was? It yeah, man, them weeds, they're going to grow. The weeds are going to grow. And here's the thing. If we let our field go, something is going to grow. And it's going to be the weeds. It's going to be the weeds. And he said, don't go sowing seed. See, before you go sowing some seed from God's Word, first you might need to plow something up. Maybe the reason the seed's not producing much in an area is because the ground is a little hard and crusty. Maybe there's some weeds or some thorns or something that's growing up there that needs to be plowed up first. And I believe the principal way we do that is what? In prayer. We up the weeds and the thorns in our life. Turn over to Luke's gospel real quick. I'm just going to remind you of this. I'm not going to read it all. Luke 8, you can read it for yourself. You know, the whole scripture there, 11 through 15. But it's the parable of the sower. Probably most of us have read this. We've heard this. Jesus <clears throat> talks about the parable. He said, Those along the path are the ones who hear, but the devil comes and takes the word away immediately. You know, the path, the path is where the ground is tamped down real hard. You know, you ever, seen a, you ever seen a path, you know, out in the field or somewhere? I mean, I know if you live, you're born in town, born in the city, you might not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But, you know, where people walk on a particular way, you know, it, and a lot of foot traffic there, it begins, the ground's real hard right there. And he said, this is those, the seed's sown by the wayside. Then he said, those on rocky ground receive the word. But he said, uh, you know, the tests and trials of life come. See, that can, that can harden the soil of our heart at times. Man, I tell you, anybody ever gone through any hard time? <laughs> Well, that's a question, isn't it? We all have. It's not about the tests that we've gone through. It's how we react in the midst of the test and the trial that comes to us. Man, I'd love to be able to tell you now that you're a believer that, man, everything's just going to be wonderful for your life. Everything's just going to be. Well, in the long run, that's true. In the long run, that's true. But that does not mean that now in this life, Jesus said it himself. This is one of the promises of Jesus. He said, in the world, you will have tribulation." Boy, we don't shout too much about that one, but it's a fact, isn't it? We all have tribulation, and he talks about that. And what it, that tribulation can either make us bitter or better, can it? It can either make the soul of our heart harder, or we can produce even more from the seed of God's Word and from the grace of God working in our life. Amen? I'm going to tell you something. Not everything's worked out exactly the way I thought it would in my life and the way I, I even prayed about some things. How about you? Thank you for not leaving me up here by myself. I appreciate it. But you know what? Here's the thing. In some cases, things have been better. Some cases, things hadn't been as good. But you know what? In every situation, I've learned i got to guard my heart. i got to guard my heart. I'm not going to let my heart get hard toward God. I'm not going to let my heart get hard toward the Word. I'm not going to let unbelief and doubt and discouragement. It comes against you. Boy, I'm not telling you. It comes to visit you. Of course, I don't know. It's over... My house so much, you probably are all right. You ever feel that way? You ever feel like the devil's just picking on you? Everybody else must barely be having a high old time because they're all over at your house. But see, I protect my heart. And one of the ways, you know, that we need to do that is our relationship with God. And one of the big ways of doing it, and really, to me, they're both the same, but we distinguish them, is prayer and worship. See, just like today, when we got in that atmosphere of worship, man, we just we want to stay there. We want to stay there and just worship. Because you know what? God's raining on us. He's raining on my field. He's raining on my life. He's, rain, he's restoring my soul. He's restoring my hurts. He's healing my hurts. He's pouring in the oil and the wine. I'm getting refreshed. I'm getting restored. I'm catching my second wind. Amen? I'm going to be able to press forward. How about you? Yes. Amen. I know you are. The Holy Spirit, as we come to God in prayer, the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate our heart and our mind. Jesus said when the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, comes into our life, one of the things He does is He brings illumination. He said He will take the things of mind." Jesus is speaking of Jesus, and He said He will show them unto you, show them to you. He will guide you into all truth. That word truth could also be translated, and some translations translate it this way. He will guide you into all reality. That's not just right doctrine in the Bible. Can, he's, God is concerned with what's happening in your life, your circumstances, the decisions you need to make with your finances, with your kids, how to raise your kids, how to, how to tackle that situation at work. He will guide you into all reality. He will give you wisdom. He will give you insight. He will give you understanding about the test and trial that's facing you. How to come through it or how to come out of it. Amen. I've had times when God's delivered me from test and trials. And there's times when God's delivered me through it. Hallelujah. But either way, whether you, you never go in the furnace or whether you just walk around in the furnace. Either way, God brings you through. He brings you out. Amen? And your faith can grow. Your relationship with God can grow. Because I'm going to tell you, in the time of trial, I'm telling you, that's what pushes you into God even more, isn't it? Man, you you get in there and you get in your prayer closet and you get into the book called the Bible. And you begin to really seek God and you cry out to God. God begins to rain on your life. And, And I mean, I'm telling you, when God begins to move on your life, you can't get bitter. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The love of God will never get bitter. Are you listening? The love of God will never get jealous. The love of God will never, you know, cry out, oh, why me? Now, my flesh wants to cry out, why me sometimes. Amen? Plowing in prayer. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and illuminate you. Look over in Psalm 32. Notice what the psalmist says about this. Preparing for more. We're going to prepare fields. I know this. I know that there's more that God wants to do in my life. And I know that there's more that God can do in my life. I haven't arrived. The Apostle Paul, remember we read that over there in Philippians. He said, he said, he said, I'm not, he said I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect yet. He said, but this one thing I do. He said, I forget about all that stuff behind me. And he said, I'm pressing forward. I'm pressing toward the dream. I'm t- pressing toward the finish line for all that God has for me. I want it all, don't you? I want as much as I can get. Psalm 32, verse 8. God is speaking. He said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Wow. See, if we we take time to just get in the presence of God in our prayer closet and just seek Him and listen to Him and get in this book, amen, and let God begin to speak into our life. He said this. He says, I'm going to do two things. He said, I'm going to instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Amen. Maybe you're facing a decision in your life whether you should take this job or whether you should move to this city or, 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 you know, a situation maybe with your family. How do you handle this? How do, I, how do I, 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 I instruct my kids about a situation that's going on in school? Whatever I mean, God is real practical. He wants to get right down to the nitty-gritty with you, where you live. He said, I'm going to instruct you. Teach you in the way you should go. And he said, I'm going to counsel you with my loving eye on you. Listen, the Bible tells us very clearly that condemnation and guilt is not from the Spirit of God. God didn't teach you through condemnation. There is, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Will the Holy Spirit correct you? Yes, but not through condemnation condemn if you'll ever notice condemnation all it does is beat you down it doesn't tell you any way to get out of it it just tells you you're no good you're messed up i mean wouldn't you like to go to a doctor you know something's going on in your body you're feeling a pain something's going on you know something's not right and the doctor says well i'm gonna tell you what you ought to have a cancer boy i'm gonna think i'm gonna seek a second opinion Real quick, right? Well, why would we think that God would treat us that way? God's going to give us the cure. He's going to show us the way out. He's going to show us the door we need to go through. He's going to show us how how to, to escape that, whatever brought us there, how to get us out of that. He said, I'm going to do it with my loving eye, my kindness, my mercy, my wisdom. Then he goes on and he says there, he said, don't be like. Notice what he says here. He said, don't be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and bridle. Listen, let's don't be like that. Let's don't be like that. Don't don't make it where, you know, I mean, you know, you just keep running up against that brick wall and getting a knot on your head. I mean, you know. Let's just don't be like that. We're we're going to be hard-headed and stubborn. Let's be pliable when it comes to God. This is one reason sometimes we need to break up the hard ground. Sometimes it's a hard head. (laughs) I've had one before. Boy, I'm telling you, it's no fun. And you know what? God will just let you keep butting up against that wall, you hard head, until finally you say, hey, maybe I need to sit down and listen to God. Maybe I need to talk to God about this. You know, it's a shame sometimes that, you know, God's a last resort. You know, like the two ladies that was talking, you know, talking about, you know, what all she's been going through and how she's trying to figure it out and work it out and get other people to help her and figure it out and everything. And she said, how's it going? She said, it's not too good. She says, looks like we're going to have to trust God. And the other woman said, has it come to that? (laughs) Yeah, it's come to that. It's come to that. It ought to come to that to begin with, hadn't it? Now notice what he's saying here. He said, He said, the Holy Spirit's going to illuminate our hearts and minds. Then he says, so plowed fields with good seed. Look in, you know Isaiah 55, 11. You can turn over there if you want to. But God says about his word, he said, He said, He said, the words that I send forth, he said they're going to be like the rain that came down from heaven. He said, It's not going to return void, but it will accomplish what I said it to do. God's Word is good seed. The Apostle Peter said that we're born again of of incorruptible seed. The Word of God is incorruptible seed. It will always produce. Are you listening? It will produce if our hearts are prepared to receive it. Because remember, we've got to take it in context. Jesus has already given us the parable of the sower, didn't He? And he said "There are certain situations. He, he went on to talk about, you know, the cares and troubles of this word, choke the word. So there are things that can choke out God's word in our life. But if we will prepare our heart in the soil of our heart and plant that incorruptible seed, he said it's going to produce in our life. It's going to produce peace. It's going to produce joy. It's going to produce faith. It's going to produce love. Amen. It absolutely will. Notice what he says here. He says, sow plowed fields with good seed. Turn to Hosea. Hosea chapter 6. I'm going to get over there myself. In verse, about verse 1 and 2 right there. He said, come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in the presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. I want to press that in. In every situation, no matter what you're going through, if you will acknowledge the Lord and seek His face. He said, as surely as the Lord, as the sun rises, He will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. He said, He's going to come to you like the rain. He's going to come to you like the rain. If you will plow your fields, Passion Church. Starting out in January, this is a good time. You say, well, well, which field do I need to plow? Well, probably is pretty apparent if you'll just take the time to examine. Where's, where, are you, where are you lacking a harvest that you need? Is it peace? If, if fear and worries have gripped your heart and your mind and you, you just can't seem to have, find any peace, well, listen, that's, that's where you need to plow and plant your seed. You need to plow up all those fears and those, those thorns of worries and concerns that are, uh, want to plague you. You plow those up in prayer. You find out what God says. He said, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. He said, in righteousness you'll be established. You shall not fear. Amen. He said, being justified freely, we have peace with God, Romans 5, 1, th- through the Holy Spirit that says we got peace with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. He said, he said, cast all your cares, your concerns, make them known to Him in prayer. And he said, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with doubts in an area. You know, that's where you need to plow. That's where you need to sow. And God will send the rain on it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Man, everybody's been tempted to doubt. Everybody is tempted to fear. Amen? If you're, if you're a flesh and blood and bone human being, even though you may be born again and have the Spirit of God, you still can be, the devil And circumstances will tempt your head up here to fear. Wow. And so, but if I, I there's a, there's a difference, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, when you're tempted to fear and when fear's got a grip in a corner. Not, maybe not in every area of your life, but it can get a grip in your, uh, one corner, one, one part of your field. Well, that's where I know I need to plow. I need to get in the Word and get in prayer and seek God and say, okay, God, I'm plowing this up. I've, I've got some weeds that have arrived that have come up here. I'm not going to let them continue. I'm not going to let them grow. I'm going to plow them up. And in 2020, I'm going to plant new seed. I'm going to plant seed of faith. Amen? The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe. Isn't that right? We must believe that He is and that what? He is a a what? Rewarder. God is going to... He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. How is He going to reward us? He's going to send the rain. That's one way. He's going to send the rain on the seeds we've sown on the ground we've plowed up. Amen? Maybe, Maybe it's in the area of faith. It could be in love. It could be hope. Maybe maybe it's an area where You've just given up hope. Maybe God has given a dream to you. He's, he's spoken to you from His Word or in prayer time. He's given a word to you about His plan and purpose for your life. And, and time has gone by. And it just looks like it's not going to happen. And, and hopelessness wants to grip that, that area and wants to grip that dream and wants to come and tell you it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Look at this. Look at that. Look at what's going on in your life. It's not happening. God's not going to do it. You didn't really hear from God. God didn't really say that to you. And hopelessness tries to grip your heart. That's where you got to go back and and renew what the Bible says that He's the God of all hope. He's the God of all hope. Amen. He did not speak to you in vain. That promise was not given to you in vain. God is the God of all hope. And you begin to plow that field up again. You begin to sow the seeds of what God spoke to you from His Word, from a time in prayer. You begin to sow that seed again. You let hope begin to rise up in you. You You begin to declare, you know what? God is faithful God. He's the God of all hope. He is the God who said it, who will also do it. I believe God. I'm not going to let go. I'm going to hang on to the promise of God. I'm going to hang on to what God said. And we begin to plow that field up. God's going to send the rain of the Holy Spirit. Cause it to bud. And to bring forth, uh, put forth green shoots. And to bring forth fruit. And to bring forth life. Amen? He says He will send His rain. Look at Isaiah 57. Turn over there to Isaiah 57. We're going to read scripture there. Isaiah 57, verse 15. He said, For this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Wow. You know, as we seek God, you know, and the Holy Spirit begins to speak some things to our heart. Maybe there might be some areas where we need to repent. Listen, that's not a negative, folks. That's a positive. That's a positive. Repentance is a good thing. I know we don't hear about it too much in church, maybe. But it's a good thing. It's not a negative. Amen? Man, Listen, if I had a tumor in my body and I got it cut out, that's not a negative. That's a positive. Now, was the cutting out fun? No. But the positive result of getting it out of my body so it can't grow is good. And sometimes as we go to God and we're, we're, we're seeking God in prayer and we're plowing up some areas, there may be some areas where the Holy Spirit says, you know what? You need to just get rid of this. He won't condemn you and beat you up. He said, just get rid of it. Just get rid of it, you know, and he'll show you how. And you take this word, you know, over there in Hebrews 4, it says that God's word is sharp as a two-edged sword, like a surgeon's scalpel. Then God will just cut it right out, cut it right off. That word will cut it right out. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will give you, you know, uh, you know the anesthesia of joy. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and of peace. So it won't hurt. You just say, here it is, God. And notice what he said. He said, those who are contrite. Now, the word contrite there, you know, uh, the best illustration I know about it is, is you ever uh, put like a powder on your, uh, you know, your feet or something like foot powder or some kind of powder. You know how, how fine that powder can be? It's like that. Well, you know, that, that used to be rock. That, but it's rock that's been contrited. And see, he's, that's what he's saying. My heart becomes teachable, malleable. It become, God can reshape it. God can do whatever he wishes to with it. He said, he said people of a contrite heart, he said, man, he said, I'm going to be with you. And you get in that prayer closet, God begins to deal with some things, and you give them to God. I'm telling you what, be humble, be teachable. Be pliable. Be quick to repent where you need to repent. Just say, you're right, Lord. That's right. Let's just get rid of this thing. We're going to, man, just, just cut it out right now. God, I give it to you. I, here it is. Here it is. It's all yours. I don't want it anyway. Amen? Because that's going to be a weight. Remember, we talked about weights that hold us back from running our race. I'm going to let go of that hurt that person did to me, that wrong that person did to me. I'm going to let go of that bitterness because life hadn't gone the way I thought it should. I'm going to let go of that. God, you, you can take that and just give it to God. Because that, I promise you, precious saint of God, it will hold you back. It really will. It will keep your faith from operating. It will keep you from having peace that God wants you to have. It will keep you from going on. You know, just because something bad has happened to you doesn't mean that God doesn't have a whole lot of good ahead. The man who said, forgetting what is behind and pressing toward what's ahead, he had a lot to forget. Not only the the stuff as being a Hebrew, but he'd been stoned, he'd been beaten, he'd been in prison, he'd been falsely accused. Paul had every chance to be bitter. Instead, he just got better. Amen. Hallelujah. God will send his rain on us. Now, let me give you some action points real quickly, because my time's up. We're talking about preparing for more and pressing forward. Pressing forward in 2020. Listen, let's don't just be satisfied with the status quo, church. Amen? Let's seek God. Let's seek God individually. We're going to seek Him corporately. We have corporate times of prayer. But let's seek Him. like God, I want more. Not, Not only for my own life, but I know this. The more God puts in me, the more I have to give out. Isn't that right? The more peace I have, the more peace I can give. The more love I have, the more love I can give. More faith I have, more faith I can encourage others with. Isn't that true? Whatever the area is. You can't ask right, brother. Can't give what you don't have. What Peter said, such as I have, give I to thee. Action points here. Ask yourself this question sometime when you get along with God. What are your unplowed fields? What are my unplowed fields? Is there, is there an unplowed field? Now, God might, he's not going to show you 50 areas that he wants you to get right by the end of the week. I just thought I'd throw that out there. You, you know, it seems to be, you know, in in, in ministry and, and as a pastor, you, there's seem to be people in, in two kind of opposite sides of the ditch. And, the, and they're both sincere people, but it's a trap the devil gets us in. Some people, you know, they just... Go along in this ditch along, you know, and, you know, hey, everything's good. I'm fine, you know. I don't need to do any of this. I don't need to plow. I don't have any fields that need to be plowed. I don't, you know, God don't need to, I'm, I'm good, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I'm okay. Then the, you got the other people on the other side, and I mean, you know, they're like the person that, that trims their, their fingernail down to the quick. You know, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, their conscience is, is to, to such a degree that, you know, everything's wrong. Everything's wrong about me. I'm no good. I'll never be no good. And they just, you know, and you see people on both sides of the ditch like that. Let's just get over in the middle. Amen. If you're a believer, the Bible says you're a new creature in Christ. So the man on the inside's good. It's just this soulish man and this outward man that we've got to get to conform. Amen. With that inner man and with the Word of God, when we do that, God's able to do more with us. Be able to do more through us so what are your unplowed fields no one can plow them but you we can pray for one another and the bible tells us to do that absolutely we pray for one another we bear one another's burdens we we do do that but you know ultimately you got to plow your own field and i got to plow mine you got to sow your own field and i've got to sow mine and if you don't like the crop you get, you got, don't complain to God about it. Don't blame everybody else because you are the farmer of your field. Again, let me say, we, surely we pray for one another. We encourage, absolutely we should do that. But ultimately, you know, you can't have somebody else manage your fields for you. You got to plow it, and then finally, God will send His rain after you plow. See, sometimes we want the rain to come first. It's an interesting scripture over in Hebrews, where the writer in Hebrews is talking about. And he said the rain comes down on the earth, and he said it falls on the earth, and on certain part of the earth where it grows, it, it falls. The rain falls. You know, a crop springs up. Same rain on other ground, briars and thistles come up. I want you to think about that a minute. Say, oh, God, send the rain. Well, you know, you might want to get rid of some of those seeds you don't want to grow and reproduce before the rain comes. Amen. <laughs> I want good seed to come up. That's what I want, good seed. How about you? Amen. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? We're talking about pressing forward, preparing for more. And right now, I just want to take a moment. Just shut yourself in with God. We're going to take just a, just a minute or two, maybe less. But just think about this. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you about a field for most of us there's going to be one field in particular the holy spirit's going to be speaking to us about maybe it's a wound or hurt maybe you feel that you've been slighted in life whatever it may be allow the holy spirit to speak to you about that field and i want you to hold on to what the holy spirit speaks to you till you can get in your prayer closet and seek God about it just plow in prayer plow in prayer plow up any bitterness plow up any hurts plow up any doubt or discouragement. just plow it up let your heart be contrite before the Lord and allow him to send his rain on your plowed ground father thank you, thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives that you just, you don't leave us to ourselves you don't just leave us to do the best we can but Father you sent the helper, the greater one who's in us the spirit of truth, the spirit that guides us and teaches us in the way that we should go and Lord you do it not in condemnation but in loving truth shining your light where it needs to be shined. shown helping us to plow the ground and prepare for the rain that you will surely send, Father, we, we want to see increase in our lives. We want to grow in godliness. We want to grow in faith and love in all those areas. Thank you for it. If you're here this morning you've never made Jesus Savior and Lord, before we go, I want to give you an opportunity to acknowledge Jesus as Savior and Lord. The scriptures teach us that Jesus died for our sins at a place called Calvary. He died for the sins of every man, every woman, every child. The Bible says also the scriptures teach us that God raised him from the dead on the third day. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And that everyone who will put their faith in Him they'll have their sins forgiven and heaven will be their home. If you've never done that you've never asked jesus to come into your life and to save you i want to pray for you would you just put your hand up and then back down i won't ask you to do anything or say anything but i if that's you i want to pray for you I'll give you just a moment i never like to leave without would you anybody anybody put your hand up let me see okay i thank you i see that hand you can put it back down thank you father for this one that just raised their hand right now lord we add our prayers and faith to hers and Lord you said that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved and you who just raised your hand just in your heart call on Jesus right now ask Jesus to save you to come into your heart and to be your Lord and Savior and he will he'll give you peace that passes all understanding your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life Father thank you encourage him strengthen this one Father who's believing on you today we thank you for it in Jesus name. Never one said. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you're blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.